Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Hey folks, we are back with Greg Reynolds of Zon Support. I have to say the last episode, if you didn't hear it, was kind of a revelation to me, just how deep the rabbit hole goes and how much power there is in customer service and how professionally you need to approach it to, to do it, particularly at scale. Very, very interesting. When you get an expert in, in a in a fairly narrow area, it's so easy to just kind of dismiss that area as unimportant. And uh, the more we've discussed this with Greg, the more critical it's turned out that customer services is vital for, for learning what customers want, which is so, so important and so hard to do on Amazon if you're Amazon focused for preventing negative reviews. And for those reasons alone, it's worth taking really seriously. Today, we're going to talk about the sort of rhythm of timing, whether customer service is a commodity or whether you should spend more money. The hint is that I guess Greg and I are both convinced that it's worth spending a bit more. The importance of native speakers and talking about, you know, generally trying to you know have a a preemptive approach to reducing customer service or reducing negative reviews with product insert usage and, and that kind of stuff as well and a little bit about feedback score improvement as well which is is something that gets neglected until your account is due for suspension due to low feedback and then suddenly it becomes rather more important doesn't it so all that and more to come, folks. Stay tuned. I honestly think this is one of the most neglected areas, and that includes in my own brain. I mean, after this conversation with Greg, it's really been a bit of a revelation. So I'd urge you to listen to this and take notes, especially if you're already doing some quite good numbers on Amazon. I really think there's going to be some great payoff for the effort of listening. Thanks for listening, folks, and enjoy the show. You don't know what you don't know. Obviously, you know about customer service. You're very experienced, which is why I thought, fantastic person, get them on the show. We haven't actually really discussed customer service. And therefore, I guess I was naive and thinking, oh, well, this will be very straightforward. And and of course, there's a load of <laughs> load of stuff to unpack here. And, and that's exactly the point. And I guess what's amazing to me is how much maturity it demands of the business owner. And of course, as soon as you say it, it's obvious in retrospect. So the next question I've got on our list is going to sound a bit disingenuous in the face of what we've just been saying, but I guess this is the question, is customer service just a commodity? I guess we've kind of already proven that it isn't, but but tell me what can happen, what are the things to look out for if you try and get customer service a little bit on the less expensive side? What do we need to guard against? Well, you know, the, the preparation is the key. So, you know, for all the DIYers out there, okay, of which there, there are many and that's fine, as I've said, the first thing you really need to do is, is write out, right, exactly how you're going to respond. So you should never get an inquiry coming through from a customer that you haven't already figured out that you might get, pretty much. And if you do, don't reply to the customer. Take a pause, right? If you get a really, really angry question from a customer, absolutely don't bat back. If it just has landed, don't bat back straight away. Why? They're already angry. They are already spoiling for a fight. So we'll get a message from, from a, a client, from a, sorry, from a customer, and we'll say, no, they are just too angry to talk to at the moment. And so we'll park that for six hours, right, for a shift, right, because 
our focus is we're heavy focus in the morning and a heavy focus in the evening. And so during the day, if bits and pieces come through, then we'll attend to that in, in the evening, right? And so what I'm saying is don't be anxious to respond to an angry customer either, right? You need them to go to work because many of them have got their own other job, okay? Or their Amazon job is so busy, they've got enough other stuff going on anyway, okay? So what I'm saying is just let the situation calm down, let you think about it a little, right? And, and then respond. Often, you'll get a really shirty email in the morning, and then when you send the email in the evening to respond to the customer that's been, you've thought about it, right? You're going to get a, a much, a much, much better response. So we use an expression around here, make time your friend, okay? And the other one we hang our hat on here is two heads are better than one. If you've got something and it sounds messy, you're not sure or whatever, make sure you've got somebody, you know, your, your better half or somebody that you can just bounce a couple of ideas around. But never take these fingers and go straight to that keyboard and smash out a reply because it just will be in the wrong tone, right? And, and it won't be what you would have done had you done it later. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And I'm just thinking guiltily about my smashing things out on the keyboard thing. With It tends to be not directed to consumers who I've always been a little bit wary of their their power over me with their ability to give one-star reviews, a godlike power over my the economics of a, of a product that I might have thousands of pounds uh, or dollars tied up in. But I have to say that I have smashed the keyboard a lot recently. For example, some poor guy in Pakistan who's trying to do some Photoshop work for me that I'm doing. I'm trying to mass produce great, better listings for my customers, for a client of mine, rather, who's like an eight-figure Amazon seller. And by the way, yes, <laughs> to your point of people don't read listings. Yeah, th there's always stuff that you think you've been super clear about and they completely missed it. But but yeah, I, I, I'm feeling very, very guilty that actually <laughs> that is not good man management. That's not good outsourcer management. So I'm fessing up here on air, on, on the record. And Adnan, if you're listening, which would be weird because why would you be? I, I apologize. But yeah, you're, it's a very, very good point that, you know, basically when you're angry or whether you're stressed, you really don't want to be near a keyboard, really. I, I like that thinking a lot because that's, that's 100% right. And I have an example this last week. So yeah. tell me about something else. You were talking about the fact that you've got American-speaking native speakers. Why does that matter so much, especially if they're typing rather than speaking? Look, I'm assuming. You know, it's, yeah, it, it's, uh, all, our work is all email, yeah? It's, it's the nuances in language, right? And look, you know, nothing against the teams that are sitting in the Philippines and India and, and elsewhere around the world who do some amazing work, okay, especially when you figure they're actually brought up with another language and then they're learning another language and trying to get connected with people. What we find uh, is we have Americanos, right? They know what's the latest news in their country, right? That They know that a, a hurricane just hit in Florida. All right, well, they know that this has happened here or that's happened there, right? There, there's an awareness, right, of, of what's going on in life. And so, and it kind of, so it's personal, right? So, you know, as I say, you always have a, a meaty template which says exactly what you want to do, but it's that introduction and it's that close, it's that connection that you're trying to get, right? And they, you don't get the connection by, smashing out a template and this is a 90% match or a 95% match I'm going to send this one because only a native English speaker will know well actually no that's not quite the fit that's just not quite what they asked and I need to I need to edit all around this okay 
So, you know, if a customer feels that they have been heard and it's very personal and you're replying to them, then, then they become then they become the, you know, your absolute best friend. Okay. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? That that thing that you've been talking about, I mean, I just don't know if Amazon sellers have really experienced this or if they have, that they've really connected the dots. I was always aware, I'm not saying I did it very well, nothing like your level of sophistication, but I've always been aware that love and hate are two sides of the same coin. People don't go from neutral to to love or from neutral to hate normally. It's weird how... I guess it's like, maybe I'm just revealing too much about myself. When I was a kid in school, I wasn't a very violent guy. I'm not into rugby. I had to play rugby at school. I'm not built for that, you can see, which is like the equivalent of American football. It's a bit too much physical contact for my personal taste. But anyway, even so, even though I'm a wimp and I'm not a typical macho guy, I had experience a couple of times when I was a kid growing up that you beat each other up as a bloke and then you're best friends. It's not like you go from neutral to best friends. You kind of challenge each other and then for one weird reason that you flips around and I don't even know why people are like that or, or can't even come up with a psychological clever theory. But I know it's true and, and I know that it's true that when people get in touch and they're really, really angry and you totally hear them, they really love you and i don't know why that is but yet i yeah just wanted to say that there's something fundamental about that in human nature right and also the flip side as we all know as amazon sellers that when you get in touch with somebody and you're really angry about the fact your listing's been suspended or whatever and you get a very generic template back from you know some guy who's on minimum wage somewhere in india and it doesn't answer the question you feel livid right you feel absolutely off (laughs) of the scale so yeah totally relate to everything you're saying here yeah and, and so, so if we go back one further step, right? So basically, I'm saying, you know, start with somebody who's an expert, grow your business with them, and take a view as you go. Hmm. The, the biggest challenge that we've got is we're talking to, to potential clients who are just, you know, launching their first product or la- launching a new product, and dang, we wanted to talk to them back here when the product was still in manufacture and going through. We wanted to talk to them about the meat in their product insert because it's what's in your product insert often which enables you to either really provide a great customer service or not because, number one, if you don't have a product insert and there's not another way to contact you or you've got a product insert that's full of you and your branding and this and that and the blah, right, that hasn't actually drilled into uh, a, a little about some key areas. If people have a problem, you would be surprised at the number of people who will find an insert and will reach out. And these days, who even say to us, "Look, I was at, I was great. You had a product insert because I actually I don't like dealing with Amazon because even customers, if they reach out to Amazon about a problem, they're just going to get a template, right? Which you know, and we've got some clients who sell some quite big objects, and they're like, I. The last thing I want is a replacement. Don't send me a replacement. I just need this widget or I, or the bit that's missing, right? If you're going to send me something else and I'm going to have to, you know, throw it all out and start again and assemble this thing all again, it's not what I want or, or it's already set up. It's electronic device. It's part of everything. I just need a small fix, okay? And so if I go back one more step to, to one of the points we spoke about in our preparatory work is, you know, a product insert, you know, is just so vital, right? Because what you're trying to do is plan at the start for how you can connect with a customer at the end if something is not right. We don't do problems around here, right? 
if something is not right, if something is not quite right. Same in the product insert. You know, a, a line or two about you. Gone are the days that you can say, look, you know, we're a mom and pop business. We've got 12 kids. Our heart and soul is this. You know, our mortgage is behind it. Please leave us a review. But if there's anything wrong, for goodness sake, don't leave me a review. Send me a message. <laughs> yeah. That, that's so totally massively against terms of service as well. Like you're really asking for your account to be suspended if you do that as well. Exactly. Oh, but it's look, so dangerous. Back in, back in 2014. Oh, yeah, dude. I did that all the time. Before October 2016, not a problem. Afterwards, no. Yeah. I know. And, and also over time is customers have grown in their sophistication or rather Amazon are actually afraid of their customers. Totally afraid. So they will say anything, right? Even if it's their own product, to get rid of that customer, or get rid of the problem. They'll do anything. They'll replace it. They'll, they'll top up. They'll do anything, right? Because they are afraid to engage with their customer, right? Absolutely. By the way, Jeff Bezos said this. The thing about Jeff Bezos is extraordinary is that he says stuff in public that is very simple, but is really, really true for the customer experience, which is quite rare. A lot of people say stuff and then do something different. And one of the things he said is, we should be aware of our competitors. We should be frightened of our consumers. And they've engineered a situation where everyone's vulnerable to the consumer. Again, it's crazy. It's it's amazing, but it's it's very different from the rest of the planet. I mean, it's why they get the consumers. That's why they get the trust, right? But you're absolutely right. We, we kind of all need to be not afraid of the consumer, but we need to be very, very respectful of the power they have now. I guess. And and that's another thing, isn't it? That we, there's a kind of any entrepreneur is often very motivated by independence and being the boss. And it's very important to them. It certainly is for me. And they, they resent being told what to do by anyone. And then suddenly there's somebody who's whose livelihood, who has our livelihood in their hands, or at least our product. And we yeah. just have to get over <laughs> the fact that they are they are the kings. We have to just serve them, don't we? It's just it's funny how I'm going through this. Clearly, part of me resists this very greatly. I think, you know, next time I launch a product, I better give you guys a ring rather than doing customer service myself. I could feel myself fighting myself over this. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. So, again, you know, you, you begin the, with the end in mind. You've found the right product. You know it's going to serve a customer need. But you've got to think about how can I actually communicate with this customer or how can I open up a channel? And I'll tell you a very, very interesting thing, which has only really just come to our notice in recent times. As Amazon have, have brought in their IPI score and limited, you know, people's ability to send in products and blah, de, blah, de, blah, and are inclined to, to suspend people left, right and center, more and more of our clients have opened a Shopify site, okay? But basically, it's just a branding site and the links they've got from the Shopify site mostly are into Amazon to buy on Amazon. You would be pleasantly surprised at the number of inquiries that will come through a Shopify site from an Amazon customer. So they've got a problem with a product, right? And so they go Google, right? So they found Greg's Warehouse. Ah, this is a product from Greg's Warehouse. They drop onto that site, and if your site's any good, the navigation will be super simple to reach out to, to a customer care. Next thing we know, because we also plug into Shopify and Walmart and, and others as well. We started on Amazon, but we've, we've grown past that. Next thing you know, you're getting inquiries outside Amazon, right, about an Amazon sale. That's another high five moment. I can say anything I want 
and nobody is going to penalise me, right? I can have a, a yeah. mature conversation, sort out the problem and, and try and connect with this person without this, no, don't use this word or that word because it could trigger a bot, right? And, and solve the problem. So I think customer service now is kind of even expanded, as I've said, at the start into a product insert, into the start into, in terms of, you, of your positioning overall on the web, right, versus just on Amazon. Because sure, 40, 50, some people tell me 60% of, Amazon, of uh, online sales are through Amazon. That means 40%, which is a ton of people, are buying elsewhere or are looking for things elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that the other thing is that maybe Amazon is the go-to site, even, you know, if you ignore the the 40% that don't shop on Amazon so much, but it's the go-to site for, it's kind of the portal to the web for physical products for a lot of us, myself, certainly, because yeah. I've got a prime account. But the, the portal to the web for information, about everything is just Google. That's the natural thing. It's built into my browser, so I don't even have to type on google.co.uk and then go and click. It's just like type something in, click. It's instant. So, yeah, being findable is, is a really smart point. And I just want to say the point as well to anyone who's listening, thinking, oh, I don't have a Shopify store yet. Don't overcomplicate this. You could stick up a dirty, quick WordPress site, you know, five bucks a month for hosting. And then, you know, if the primary thing is to engage people who are angry yeah. and want to get reach out for customer service, it's very quick and simple. You don't even have to have e-commerce functionality, right? I just want to say that if you're not at that place yet, don't ever complicate this. And again, guess what? As soon as you say it, it sounds blindingly obvious, and I'd never thought of it. And this is, as you said, you don't know what you don't know. It's really the whole point of speaking to an expert, right? There's one area that I'd love to talk to you about as well, which sure. is the, the feedback score. Obviously, we talked a lot about reviews, and yes, that is critical. But I guess the feedback score can be important if you're... you're getting to the point where you've got your account health is being questioned and then suddenly it can become extremely important because it can lead to a, a suspension of your entire account, you know, or selling privileges as Amazon puts it. So tell me a bit more about how that fits in into the, the, the customer service thing. Okay. Well, a lot, a lot of people actually don't realize that their, their, their seller feedback is kind of separate uh, to product reviews, right? So the seller feedback is about your performance as a seller. You need to have a hundred percent simple. If you get a low star seller feedback, you it's beautiful. You actually get the order ID. You can actually reach out to that customer to solve the problem, right? However, if they've left a, a, a review, a, a comment, and it's actually a product review, don't don't appeal it from Amazon and get it straight knocked off straight away because Amazon notify the customer if they've taken down a seller feedback. So what you're doing is you're reaching out to the customer, you're solving the problem with the customer with a replacement, a refund, or whatever it is. Then you wait for four long business days, right? On the fifth day, okay, if that review is still there, because now we didn't say, and could you please update review or could you remove your seller feedback? We don't want to send any of that language out, okay? Then you can simply go through to Amazon, appeal it, and, and have it removed. Because listen to this, we've had another client suspended for a product and the key thing here, their seller feedback score was absolutely excellent, absolutely excellent. And when we were talking to the legal team on a very complicated uh, appeal, the seller feedback score going back to 2016 was, the, was one of the planks that they went out to Amazon. This product's been on, on for, the, for this number of years there's been problems along the way. 
look at the seller feedback, yeah? So don't lose sight of really focusing that the any time that you get an alert, that you've got a low star seller feedback, you have to be onto that straight away. The other thing, going back to in our early part of our conversation, what a great opportunity to, re, to communicate to somebody who isn't happy. Make them happy? Yeah, sure. I'll get rid of the, the, the bad seller feedback, but hey, I might just win a review. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So again, this this mentality shift that seeing customer service issues, not just with reviews, not just with you know inbound messages of whatever kind through whatever channel that we've discussed that the options, but also the seller feedback as another opportunity. And as you say, also, it is just more malleable, it's more changeable, I guess, than reviews and slightly less kind of nuclear to the immediate problem with, with the business. But as you said, also, it, it's just one of those things you have to just be diligent and just clean it up. And it suddenly shows up, doesn't it, as you said, with your customer, uh, your client there, where they were able to show, you know, you shouldn't suspend our listing or, you you know, part of the argument was we've been just generally good boys and girls and, and had kicked out as clean as sellers. And also yes. the flip side of that is if you've got a really low seller feedback score, then suddenly that suddenly becomes something you're very, very aware of. You, you're busy obsessing about reviews and then suddenly your entire account gets suspended. Guess what? Your account health is affected by your seller feedback score. So, yeah, it's one of those things that people neglect and neglect at their peril, I guess. Well, look, it, it's very, very clear as ever when you talk to an expert, you don't know what you don't know. I've certainly learned a lot of things today and I thought I knew about it. So like your clients, I had that arrogance of thinking, oh, I know what customer service is about. Clearly, I didn't. Clearly, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of ways to mess it up. So if people are convinced by that and they want to you know, work with you, first of all, who do you work with? Is, is it Europeans as well as in American sellers or which marketplaces do you support is the first question. Okay, the, the marketplaces we manage is, is Australia. We nearly said New Zealand. Australia, the US, and Canada. That, that are the three markets that we support. We were in the UK in the old days, but it became a bit problematic for us to manage there. And then with all the changes with the EU, et cetera, long story, we, we came out. So th- those, are the, the, those are the three markets. That said, 80% of our clients are, are Americanos. About 15% are actually based in Europe, Okay. So, you know, we've got quite a few European clients who even sell in Europe. And we say, look, that's not our bag. We can't help you there. So we just look after their North American business sort of thing. Yeah. I have to say, though, based on just all the learnings they're going to get from the, the, you know, fantastic, sophisticated approach that you just shared with us, I, I really think that even if you mostly sell in Europe and you want to do a bit in America, I'd still, I'd be most uh, hungry for the structures and the learning, really, for that you've just shared. Yeah. To your point, hiring an expert early in the stage uh, and of processes, I should say, the stage of, of setting up a new product or even a new marketplace, or even if, especially if you're new to Amazon as a whole, is a really great idea and that that would you know be my thought so for those you do support so those selling in america and uh, canada and australia just uh, you know what is it you actually offer as service okay so so if it's anything customer facing anything customer facing then that's in our wheelhouse right so, so i'm talking about you know the customer messages i'm talking about returns and refunds we reach out to those those customers to see if we can find out what was the problem why did they do that you know, seller feedback, as we've said, low star reviews. Up until recently, we we could research and find those customers. We'll try to find those customers, but unfortunately, Amazon have now removed that detail from those reports as of about the I don't know eighth of April or something. So we've got less detail to try and track down those um, um, unhappy customers. So if it's touching a customer, 
right, then that's what we're all about. So one question, you mentioned Shopify and Walmart. Do you deal with uh, customer services yeah. through messaging through different channels than Amazon as well then? Yeah, sure. So so again, you know, it's easy to plug into a Shopify site. It's e- easy for us to plug into a, a Walmart site, you know, for people to forward their, their auto, forward their comms to us. And, and so we, we can manage that accordingly. So, and that, that's, that's a, especially Walmart, it's a, it's a growing part of the business. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. On, quickly on that, you would be surprised. Mm. I've got clients selling $250, $300 products on Walmart. So don't think it's just a cheap Charlie side. People are shopping there for value or because they kind of like Walmart, right? Yeah. So, it's, in a way that the, the surprise of Walmart for me is that it's taken, I mean, I'm not an American and I don't, I haven't really got much of a feel for the culture, which by the way, just because you happen to speak native English speaker in, in British English, there are nuances to American culture that actually I think a lot of us miss. Having spoken to a lot of Americans for the podcast, I know that, uh, and by the way, the reverse is true. <laughs> if you're an American listening to this, don't use baseball metaphors in the UK because we have no idea what you're talking about. Even Brits use them now because they've been, indoctrinated they say step up to the plate and if i occasionally say to somebody what do you mean they just say i don't know <laughs> so this is a nuance by the way just small point but yeah the, to the walmart i guess that the surprise to me is that people haven't been shopping like crazy on walmart in the same way they have on amazon till now walmart's a huge company they've been in a sort of battle of the titans with amazon for about 30 years or, or whatever it is so i'm not surprised that they're winning now and it's a very good point to make that actually yeah we shouldn't just dismiss that which is a nice sort of side bonus but but uh great that you handle it anyway and and, and really really good that you're integrating those different things so if people want to uh, work with you i know you set up a deal for the uh, listeners of the 10k collective podcast which is great so if you go to amazingfba.com forward slash zon support z-o-n or z-o-n support then they, they can get uh, service from you with a bit of a deal as well. So what is it that you're, you're offering the listeners? It's a, it's a setup. There's a setup fee for everything. If it's, if it's just a one, one ASIN or a one SKU that you're setting up, it's $100 off. And if, it's a, if you're setting up something with two or more or five or 10 or 20 or 100 um, products, we give you $200 off, off your setup fee. And by the way, now you've explained all the trouble you go to. I, no wonder there's a setup fee because that, that has to be seen, I think, not only in light of the value of five star reviews and the damage that one star reviews can do, but also I think the learning that they're going to get from you because it's very clear just how sophisticated your view of this is, which is, as I said, a revelation to me. I should know better by now. I should know that my expert gets uh, going to open my eyes, but you definitely have done. So what I thought was humble old customer service. There's a world of opportunity and mistakes one or the other so really great to to get your wisdom there greg any the last question for you is any question that i should have asked you and obviously answer that one not really i think we we've covered you know some detail and a bit more detail than i thought and other (laughs) other points we've licked over the top i I, look i I just encourage people if you if if you're on a journey somewhere just reach out you know we don't charge per email okay use the link just reach out to us have a conversation if we can add some value, right? If we can send you our latest product insert guide, for example, you know, we're happy to do that, right? We take a very long-term view and and happy to offer that value to your listeners. No problem at all. Brilliant. No, thank you for that. And I would say even that reaching out to experts um, is absolutely brilliant advice whether it be an accountant or a lawyer like god knows if you can get legal people to speak to you for free that's worth having and and definitely this sounds like more and more 
the more we talk about it, an area where some real care and some some insights based on you know hard won knowledge are really going to be valuable. So definitely would back you up on that to the hilt. So listen, right. Greg, fantastic stuff. I'm going to leave you to your evening in Thailand. Um, okay. Kind of jealous. Uh, the weather's just a little bit better than it usually is in the UK, but it's it's not exactly warm. It's a bit of sunshine. So enjoy your Thai food and and the friendly Thai people. I'm right. going to get out there one day. Maybe we can have a, a, a Thai beer out there. But for the meantime, just want to say a real big thank you for opening our eyes to to some really important insights yeah pleasure michael thank you very much thanks so much for listening to the 10k collective podcast part of the family of amazing fba podcasts Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.